Thank you, Aaron. I, I don't know how to follow that up. That was an introduction of introductions. Uh, I, can I just say I'm so excited to be here, to be back on campus, you know, as a student several years ago and, and now as a member of, of the community and, and the staff. And I, I just want to say a couple things that Dort College, Dort University, maybe we start using that. It, this is an incredible community. And being gone for a while, now stepping back in, I think it's really easy for us that have been here for a while to realize that things like this oftentimes don't exist other places, in other churches, in other communities. Uh, and so the professors that are here that are pouring into students to be a part of a community that cares about the complete person and the resources through campus ministries and resident life and, and Robert and Aaron, it's just incredible. So can we just, can, can we just say yes for Dort College and just, just for, for this community? That's good. That's good. And, and so like Aaron said, my name is Sam Ashmore, and I'm from Texas. And so I'm probably going to say y'all sometime in here. And, and, and I had a conversation with somebody the other day, and they're like, you kind of have a southern twang. And I was like, no, I don't. Uh, and so you can be the judge of that. There's much worse southern twangs than I have. But if I say y'all, bear with me. It's a great word. It saves time. And, and uh, so I, I appreciate it. And then, and then I have a beautiful wife. She's back in the back somewhere. But we also have a son whose name is Zion. His picture is going to come on the screen. Oh, my goodness. Look at that. I know. I know. Uh, the sermon's over. I don't know how I'm going to top this. But Zion, he, this, and we don't normally dress him like this. This was Reformation Day, or can I say Halloween? There's a Halloween, and, uh, you know, had to, had to get the pictures for the, for the Instagram, right? And, and, and post those. And, and, and Zion, a couple of Zion's favorite things right now, and you can help me, some parenting advice. He loves the bathroom, and primarily putting as much toilet paper into the toilet as possible. Uh, and I just don't know how to stop it. And it's so cute that I don't want to. Uh, he also, one of his other favorite things is we, we've had a couple of, of mice in our house the last couple of weeks, and we caught one of them, but we saw another one a couple nights ago, and we are convinced that Zion is harboring them in his room. Like, I, we're convinced that he finds the crumbs that probably Gale drops on the ground, no, or me, uh, and, and he, he takes them to the mice, and, he's feed, and we just don't know where they're at. So those are a couple of his favorite things, and, and he is such a joy, and being a father and being a parent. But just to be honest, it's also exhausting. Like being, being a parent is exhausting. Being a student is exhausting. Uh, and and just, just to be totally honest, I'm, I'm kind of tired. Transition of going back and forth from Texas and Iowa and, and new job and new role and jumping into the middle of the semester um, while um, doing some schoolwork and, and taking care of a kid. It's, I don't know about you, but I'm exhausted. I'm kind of tired and I would venture to say that many of you in this place this morning might just be tired. Might just be worn out. Maybe the semester hasn't gone as you expected. And, and, and things just aren't working out. And, and you're tired. Maybe, maybe you're exhausted just from the whole, this election, right? The day afterwards. And you woke up this morning and who you voted for didn't win. And, and you're not sure what to do. And, and, and you're just restless. Exhausted from false sports or co-curriculars. Maybe you're just exhausted because you're carrying with you a burden that you haven't expressed or you haven't confessed and you haven't shared. And you're just so tired of putting on a front and of covering up and of being somebody, maybe who you're not. And so this morning, here's my hope. Is that it's just, this is a respite. 
that you leave encouraged. That, that, that this morning we find rest and peace in a living God who invites us into his rest and into his peace. And so whatever you're looking for this morning, if it's rest, if it is peace, if it is freedom, whatever that is this morning, I hope that, that we can encourage you to find that in the Lord. And so we're going to be in Psalm chapter 91. So if you have your Bibles, you can open there to Psalm 91 in the middle of, of your Bible. And we're going to primarily be in verses 1 and 2. And this, this text is, is kind of a promise. There's a, there's a promise within here that God has, has already given us and invited us into. But we have to be in the right position to receive it. Like take an umbrella. Rained a few days ago. Uh, I don't have a good umbrella yet for Northwest Iowa with the wind. Like I walked out the door and it just broke instantly. And I wasn't sure what to do. But right, you have an umbrella and, and there's protection. Right? There's rest. There's, there, it has its function, but only if you're in the correct position underneath it. Right? That, is, that is when it works and the protection and the relief from the rain is, is, is yours. And so I hope this morning that we can receive the promise that God wants to give us as we learn what that position is. And so here's Psalm 91 verses 1 and 2. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. And as I, as I began to prepare and, and, and to look at this psalm, the, the first thing that began to suck out, I, I asked myself the question, I wonder what the difference is between dwelling and abiding. Are they the same thing? Why, why, does the, why does the psalmist use these two words? Are they getting at the same thing? So I, so I did a little bit of, of research. And the word to dwell, the primary meaning of the Hebrew word is to sit. Is to sit. So we could read it, He who sits in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. And so we have the position to sit. And the second half of verse 1 is the promise. Then they will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. And it would be really easy for us in here this morning, I think, to think, oh, sitting, that's easy. I'm doing it right now. Right? Where, or, or it may be easy, well, that's just kind of passive. When you sit, nothing happens. Or we have this weird thing in our, in our culture right now where rest and sitting has become just playing hours of Fortnite and turning off your brain. Um, or to binge Netflix. Which I'm all for good TV. But like when did it become rest to watch 12 hours of TV in a row and then talk and brag about it the next morning? Like when did that become a thing? Seriously, this happened the other day. I was, this was back in Texas and I asked somebody how their weekend was. And it's when, um, this was years ago when Stranger Things right, came out last Halloween. Why didn't it come out again this year? I'm just so upset. But then I asked, how was your weekend? Oh, I watched Stranger Things. I was like, oh, how was the first episode? They're like, oh, I watched the whole thing last night. And they were like, it was, and I don't know. That, this is a weird thing that we've misunderstood sitting and resting in our culture. But, but the, in the Hebrew, it's actually an active word. We must purpose to sit. We must intentionally sit. Well, where do we sit? He who sits in the shelter 
of the Most High. We must purpose to sit in the shelter of the Most High. In your translation, it might say secret place. We must purpose to sit in the secret place or the presence of God. And really, this, this idea of shelter and secret place should bring us back to the Old Testament. It should bring us back to the tabernacle or the temple and, and, and the Holy of Holies. Right? When, when one day a year the high priest would enter into the presence of God where the Ark of the Covenant was and they would, they would atone for the sins of Israel. And it was in this place that God's presence dwelled. We must purpose to sit in the secret place. Must purpose to sit. And, and, and in, the, in the secret place, in the Holy of Holies, we can go, if you have your Bibles, you can look. It'll be on the screen, Exodus chapter 25. Above the Ark of the Covenant was actually the mercy seat. And I'm going to read this. I think it's important. Exodus 25, verses 21 and 22. And you shall put the mercy seat on top of the ark. And in the ark you shall put the testimony that I shall give you. There I will meet with you and from above the mercy seat. From between the two cherubim that are on the ark of the testimony, I will speak with you about all that I will give you in the commandment for the people of Israel. And so, in short, the mercy seat was a shelter, was a covering for the Ark of the Covenant, which created a space for God to meet with mankind. And the incredible thing about today is that now Christ is our mercy seat. Through the work and the redemptive power of Christ on the cross, taking on our sins and being raised to life, he is now our mercy seat. He is our covering. It is in him that we can commune and we can sit in the presence of the Lord. And with the Father. And it is only because of his work that we can sit at any time, any place, anywhere. When Christ died, the veil ripped. And access to the Father at any moment in class, as you're walking there, when it's so, it's so cold outside. It feels like 11 degrees. Did you look at the weather? I'm not used to it yet. It was 60 in Texas today, if you were wondering. Um, even in the bitter cold, you can find rest. As you're going through your classes and your co-curriculars and your sports, because of the work of Jesus, we have access to sit and to rest. The mercy seat was the place where God's wrath turned from his people. Jesus took on our sins and God's wrath turned from us. Did you know something? That the seat is actually already ours, that we can sit Right now, the Apostle Paul in Ephesians chapter 2 says this. But God being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. It doesn't say, and we will sit in the future when Jesus comes. It doesn't say that, that we will sit when we've become good enough. It doesn't say that we will get to have a seat when, when we finally stopped our struggles and sins. It doesn't say that we will get to have a seat when everything's perfect. 
But you are worthy in this moment because of Christ to take a seat at the table. And Jesus is saying, come on, take a seat. Come to me. Let me, let me give you rest. Let me give you peace. Take a seat. And, and although we may know this, I think there's several reasons maybe why we don't. Why do we not purpose to sit? Why do we not sit down in our culture? I think we live in a culture of fast food, right? A fast food culture where I can, I can pull out my I could order something on Amazon right now and it might be here tomorrow just as I'm preaching. I might do that. What Books, throw out a book. I'll buy it. No, I'm, I'm not going to do that. Right? We, we instantly, we can get what we want. Right? We can drive through McDonald's and, and, and fast food and get what we want. It, it's instant gratification. I think we, we live in a culture of comparison. Right? We scroll, scroll through social media and somehow one of our friends is always at the beach and we just don't understand how they're always there. It's unbelievable. It's like I can look right now, it's like they're at the beach and it's like you're sitting next to them. When did you post this? You're not, anyway, right? We, we, and then we can begin to compare and we feel unworthy and we're not measuring up. And so we feel that we have to do and to perform rather than rest. We, in some ways, I think our whole academic, and I love academics, so I apologize, maybe. No, I don't, I'm not apologizing. Our whole academic system is set on doing and performing and being better at your peer and getting better grades and being involved in more sports and making sure you're the lead of clubs so that we can fill a resume and we can fill a transcript so that we can be set apart, better suited than everyone around us. It's, it's as if we get punished if we decide to say no to something. It's as if we're punished to just sit down, say no to the next thing, say no to the club, say no to the leadership, and just receive what the Lord wants to give us and has already given us. Everything, the Western, you can, you, the CDC, I was, I was reading an article and it talked about how we, Americans work more than anybody in the Western world. I think that's true. We, we're afraid. I think we, we equate busyness with being important. We equate busyness with being important. And if we're not busy, and if we're not meeting with somebody, and if we're not involved in something, we're fearful that we're going to miss out. We all suffer from FOMO. That's what we suffer, right? Fear of missing out. We're afraid, and so we feel that we have to do everything. And it's exhausting. And it's why I think there's... We end up just crashing and we struggle with depression and we struggle with issues because we don't have time to deal with them in time to receive the life that the Lord wants to give us. So Dort College, you are worthy and you are invited to sit. But here's the next part of the verse. Here's the other word. He who sits in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. The word abide can also mean dwell. But here's a couple other definitions of it. It means to lodge or to stay the night. Right? Who sits in the shelter of the Most High will stay the night in the shadow of the Almighty. We see Jesus do this in, in the Gospels. He, he goes away and oftentimes the language that's used is he went and lodged. Right on the Mount of Olivet. Oftentimes Jesus would leave and he would go and pray and he would, he would be among large crowds and he would escape and he would find rest and he would lodge. He would stay the night in the presence of his Father. 
he who sits in the shelter. Eugene Peterson puts it like this in the message version. He, he, he says this. And, and I think it's important to, to read this. If, if you don't know, Eugene Peterson just passed away a couple of weeks ago. And he gave us incredible books and resources. This is what he says in the message. You who sit down in the high God's presence, spend the night in Shaddai's shadow. Say this, God, you're my refuge. I trust in you and I'm safe. God wants us. He says, come abide. I have a shadow of protection, of relief, of rest, of peace. And all you have to do is sit. The promise is ours. He says, be in proper position and come receive because I've sent my son. And he's taken on the sins of the world. You now have access to sit and to receive But what happens when we sit, right? We'll abide in the shadow of the Almighty. What's the question that I ask oftentimes, okay, great, we, get, we, we sit in the shelter in the secret place in the presence of the Lord, and, and when we do that, we receive this promise that we, we, we continuously abide, we stay the night in the protection of the Lord. But what is, what is the shadow of the Lord? What comes about because of the shadow of the Lord? The rest of the psalm tells us, and I'm not going to put it on the screen, but I'm going to read it over you. And again, I'm going to read from the message. And I'm going to read this psalm. And I want you, if you want to close your eyes, if you just want to receive this, if you want to begin to think through how this is playing out in your life or how it could, but I want to read this over you. That's right. He rescues you from hidden traps, shields you from deadly hazards. His huge outstretched arms protect you. Under them you're perfectly safe. His arms fend off all harm. Fear nothing, not wild wolves in the night, not flying arrows in the day, not disease that prowls through the darkness, not disaster that erupts at high noon. Even though others succumb all around, drop like flies left and right, no harm will even graze you. You'll stand untouched, watch it all from a distance, watch the wicked turn into corpses. Yes, because God's your refuge, the high God, your very own home. Evil can't get close to you. Harm can't get through the door. He ordered his angels to guard you wherever you go. If you stumble, they'll catch you. Their job is to keep you from falling. You'll walk unharmed among lions and snakes and kick young lions and serpents from the path. If you hold on to me for dear life, says God, I'll get you out of any trouble. I'll give you the best of care. If you'll only get to know and trust me, call me and I'll answer. Be at your side in the bad times. I'll rescue you and then I'll throw you a party. I'll give you a long life. I give you a long drink of salvation. So Dort College, Dort Community, when we purpose to sit in the presence of the Lord, when we choose to rest, when we choose to maybe put down a book and just be or say no to the next thing that comes up on your calendar, when you choose just to simply maybe just spend some time journaling or getting into God's word, when we choose to continually sit and rest in the Lord, we will stay the night in the shadow of the Almighty. And it's in the shadow that we become whole. It's in the shadow we become whole. Genesis 1, man was created in God's image. You could also say God was created, or man was created in the shadow of God. 
because a shadow is like the person that it's reflecting. It's in the shadow our circumstances don't seem quite as big. Because the closer a person is to the light source, the shadow is bigger, right? Do you ever play the games like the puppets and things like that? With the, when you turn on the light? It's in the shadow where God is personal. The word became flesh. The word tabernacled among us. Jesus left his perfect rest and came here and he's pursuing us. He left the 99 to go after the one and he's calling you and he's inviting you and he's saying you are loved and you are forgiven and you are worthy and you are my child and I want you to sit and I want to give you the fullness of who I am. And then lastly, it's in the shadow where there is abundance. It's in the shadow where there is abundance. You can, you can look at verses 14 through 16 in the message words. It says, party, long life, long drink. Jesus and John will get there later in the semester or next semester. I came to give life and life to the full life abundantly. And now we don't have to exhaust ourselves over and over and over and over and over again. And we become exhausted and then we go back to the well. But we get to continually abide in the well. And we are filled and we overflow and it's a cycle and it's continuous. Because he's an abundant God. So at Ork College, as we leave this morning, when we purpose to sit, something spiritual happens. The supernatural power of God invades us, and it is in that moment that the schemes and the plans of the enemy are paralyzed. It is in the moment when we choose to sit that the sin of addiction is crippled and does not have victory. It is when we choose to sit that the power of comparison is put to rest. It is when we choose to sit that the constant pressure to do and to perform is gone. And it's not by our power, but it's by the power of Jesus. Because when we sit in the secret place of the Lord, it joins us to God and the redemptive, redemptive power that's found in Christ. So Lord, I pray over this place this morning that we purpose to sit, that we choose to sit in your presence and to receive abundance, to receive rest and mercy and grace and peace. Pray these things in Jesus' name, amen. So Dort College, as you leave this place this morning, as you go to your class, as you go throughout your week, hear the sweet invitation of Jesus to come and to abide, to sit and to stay the night and to receive freedom and to be whole and to have rest in your circumstances. Because that is the God we serve. Go in peace.